Caution. Learning in progress. Good morning, everyone, or hey, happy time of day to whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert. It should come as no surprise that Hans Stutzman is here this morning. Hans, what do you think? As you come in, uh, you've got about a 45-minute drive-in, and you look across the countryside. What are, you, what are you seeing? What are your thoughts this morning? It's still a little wet. Got a little bit yeah. of wet water. It's still cold this morning. We're still getting, getting warmed up. Um, I'm expecting we'll see some guys around this afternoon. There's a fair bit of stuff that's planted um, on my drive to work. Um, I know that some of you guys in the north are still looking at a foot of snow still, which is a little bit unnerving for you guys to be this late and still <laughs> seeing snow. Um, but uh, it definitely feels like spring's, spring has sprung at least a fair bit of it, yeah. and we've got guys running, and we've got guys that are still sitting, and it's kind of that that in-between before things really just go um, where everything gets in the ground, but we've got a fair bit of stuff going. So I, I think there's a fair number of guys who have at least gotten out, and I'll even say probably more in Iowa, uh, but right. in, in like the I-States, in the Corn Belt, that have gotten the first 40 in. Yep. Yep, they got at least the something in. We got a couple. They ran a day. They got a day yeah. of running yeah. in. Yep, yep. Good point. Which is a which is a good thing. It feels like we get. Um, that's where we get a lot of the bugs worked out. And now they've got a couple of days to kind of. Hey, I saw this. Can we fix this? Can we fine tune this before we hit? Yeah, I'm dialing else. in this closing system. Yep. I'm. Yep, yep. You bet. You bet. All right. So we got some bullet points as we have been for the last couple of weeks. We're going to go through what's driving our call volume, things that we're seeing, things to be aware of. Um, this first one, I, I have a feeling Hans is going to be one of our longer talking points for this episode, but take me through, I, I want to take a little deeper dive and do it justice on alternator diagnostics. Yeah. Alternator diagnostics is where it's one that we keep coming up with, um, several different times. We've got it a couple different times in the last, last couple of days. Um, a couple of good things to remember with alternator. So you've got power coming from your tractor. Um, and you're trying to use the alternator as the su additional supply to it. So they work in conjunction together. One good way to um, to verify, well, a couple of things. One is that's got to go through. We want the alternator, that power from the tractor comes through the solenoid. We don't want the alternator plumbed into the, wired into the same side as the tractor incoming side. We want that to be on the outbound, the alternator should be on the outbound side of the solenoid, not the inbound side. That solenoid's not designed to carry 200 amps of current continuously. They can handle a large rush of current, but they run 200 amps continuously, you're going to get a drop in voltage. So that's one of the first things the guy said, well, my alternator's not getting power out. I'm not getting enough power. Well, if your alternator's running through the solenoid, you're going to have issues get keeping power on the home system. Move that power lead yep. to the outbound side. Outbound of the side of the solenoid. Um, and for those of you wondering, the outbound side of the solenoid is the one that has five, the hazard terminal has five wires coming off of it. That is the outbound side of it. Um, so then that's one side of it. The other side then is... If the alternator, if you're questioning whether the alternator is outputting current or whether it's coming from the tractor, if you go to the PDM and you pull the fuse cover off, there's a blue fuse in there. That's actually fusing the tractor power coming from the tractor battery to the back of the of the planter. If you pull that 60-amp fuse, um, the ground's still intact, everything's still intact, that alternator's running. If the alternator's running when you pull that 60-amp fuse, it will continue to run and output current. If your alternator is functioning correctly, you should be able to run up to 160 amps worth of current off the alternator. If you pull that 60 amp fuse and everything disappears on your system, your alternator is not outputting current. You're trying to pull it 100% off the tractor battery. 
Um, that's one of the first things that we try to do is, is an easy, quick way of pulling that, that 60 amp fuse and see what happens. Um, does your, does your alternator maintain the system voltage for, for most of them? A lot of the times an alternator will run. Um, there's not a lot of systems that are running in that 160 to 200 amp range. You're in that 120 amp range, um, which your alternator should easily be able to handle that, that amount of current. Um, so that's a good way to do it. And then a couple things then, if your alternator is um, not putting out current or you're losing a lot of, not pulling enough, enough that 160, um, check the uh, RPM of the hydraulic motor in which it's running. That should be around 4,400 RPM, 4,000 to 4,400 RPM. Um, not that it takes a laser tag or some type of way of picking that up, but that is the best. Um, if that's not spinning at full speed, you're going to struggle to output current. couple key things there. I pull that 60-amp fuse once I start some sort of test, right? Yes, I'm going to start correct. like a seating test. I'm going to start something that's pulling on the system. Yes, And ideally. then I'm going to pull that 60-amp fuse because I have to get the alternator spinning. Yep, you want it spinning with current being connected to battery power. And then I'm pulling the 60-amp yep. fuse, so it's it's everything's on the alternator. At correct. Point. Yep. Okay? Yep. Um, am I right in thinking, too, that you had mentioned it's about 4,500 RPM for the motor. Mm -hmm. That's even sitting still. That's sitting still. It should be running 4,400 at all times. So if you load up that alternator, if you, you put a load on it, and that would drop, like if you do get a laser tack and measure yep. that, uh, it could be that the alternator is failing. This could It could also be a hydraulic flow issue, correct? So hydraulic. you have to investigate both, I yep. think is what I'm saying. Yep, you have to just investigate both sides. If you got to check the hydraulic flow to the alternator, it could be a motor issue. Um, that's also one. If you're running power beyond, make sure that everything else is turned on that's running that. Yep. We've ran that a couple of times where Delta, Delta Force is on a power beyond, and they're only getting 1,500 PSI. The alternator motor, when you put a load on it, won't keep up with that. Most often, too, our alternators are plumbed in with a lift manifold for Delta Force. Yep. Make sure the hose sizing. Go onto the cloud. Look at the hose sizing resources. Make sure. I, I think what tends to happen is maybe you get a 16- or 24-row planter. You use half-inch hose from the tractor. That's a 10 to 12 gallon a minute requirement. We're in good shape. But then we also throw, throw a in six a furrow force yep. compressor Sorry. or, a, you know, whatever it may be. And those lines don't get sized up. And yep. now we're starving yep. an alternator. And one more thing I know I've seen it a couple of times this week is also make sure that the alternator, the two leads coming from the PDM are on the ground and power post. Those are not always, um, there's a sensor post that's right next to the power post, the power um, post on the alternator. That is not the ground. The ground is on on the bottom of the alternator. Um, so make sure you get the right one on those. I've seen that a couple of times. That does not uh, output full amount of current when you do that. What about, like, testing voltage direct off the alternator? When should I do that and where exactly? So if I check directly, uh, anytime I'm questioning the, out <clears throat> the output from the alternator, if you test that, you should get 13 volts off the alternator. Um, and I check it directly on the, on the post of the alternator. On the ground and the power post. On the ground and power post of the okay. alternator. Yep. All right, Hans, can you talk to me a little bit about what event code 914 is? It's load pin related, and I think it causes some confusion because it makes it look as if the load pins are bad. What is it? Yeah, so load 914 is a, is a pretty simple uh, event code. What it means is that we are showing lowered on the planner, we are moving, and we are registering zero weight on the gauge wheels on the load cell. Um, and that can be a lift switch issue. If you show lifted or you show lowered going down the road, you're going to get that event code. Um, if you are going through the field and there's a row unit that's not getting depth on the gauge wheels, whether that's because the dirt's hard, whether that's because of a mechanical issue on the row unit, um, 
if you're going through, if you're showing lowered and moving and not getting uh, weight on the load cell, you're going to get a 914 event code. So that's not a pin issue. It's just saying, hey, there's no load on this weight pin because something's happening to it as we're showing lowered. I probably need to validate that's the event code I'm getting in the Yes, make sure that that is, center. Yep. go to the event notification center and look at the event code numbers. They mean something. And then how do I treat that? What do I do with it? So generally at that point, I would say that's a that's a mechanical issue if you actually are planting um, on the row unit itself. Something's getting stuck in the gauge wheels. Something's prohibiting the row unit from getting down to full full depth. Um, if you're going down the road and you're getting that event code, that indicates you have a list switch issue. Yep, I like it. Uh, also, if that's in field... Start with the health check. Yep. Make sure everything is Make good. Make sure the force will move. Yep. 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 Perfect. Okay. Um, we have touched on our last two episodes on liquid resources. It still continues to be a call driver, yep. candidly. It is. Um, I would still highly, highly recommend using especially the pump calibration videos and the EM FlowSense EMHD setup resources. One of the big things that I want to call out in the pump cal on a Gen 3. So when you use that manual test, there's some things that are catching guys there. So a couple specific bullet points here, Hans, that I want you to call out. Yeah, so <clears throat> when you go to the manual test, um, if you are doing, say, have a pump cal for the first time, we're still using all the default numbers, um, which spins a pump at like 25% duty cycle, I believe, 25 or 35% duty cycle. A lot of times, if you're in auto, that's not enough to run the pump. Like, you have to flip that over to manual mode, and you have to manually increase that PWM percentage. Depending on what type of pump it is, you'll have to manually increase that PWM percentage to get that pump to run. It's not an issue in software. It's just the fatter that 25 PWM percentage may not be enough, or duty cycle, since we call it duty cycle. And I'm used to seeing row flow and PWM percentage, <laughs> not duty cycle. Showing your age a bit. Yeah, there. a little bit. <clears throat> so um, so the, one of the first things then is when you get into that manual test, make sure that you flip that over to manual uh, PWM control, not auto control, and then manually spin that pump up to what it's supposed to be. Yeah, so for our dealers, if you get that call from a grower that, well, I, I got my rate in here, but the pump's not spinning, look at the duty cycle. cycle. It's probably still going to the default numbers, which yep. is the whole reason why we're doing the pump calibration, right, Correct. is to change those numbers. Yep. Ignore the fact that it's at automatic right now. Just yep. go to manual, kick it up to, I'd say, probably 40 45%, keep increasing by increments of 5 so yep. that pump starts running stable. Yep. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and knock out this next one here, Hans. I've had a handful of phone calls. As we get more and more split can systems, yep. I think what we're kind of getting is is sometimes where grower is hooking up tractor to planter, and they're getting can A plugged into the extension that goes out to start can B. Correct. And when that happens, no key switch power is getting out to the system. I've seen, because we don't pass key switch power through can B. B. It's only Correct. through A. Um I've seen a handful of times where guys will mistakenly bypass the solenoid in that instance. And what I will say is when you bypass the solenoid, that will provide power out to the SRMs. So initially, when this happens, you plug A into B's extension, and there's no power. There's no lights on anything. So then you bypass the solenoid, and that does get lights to everything on the planner, but it does not start the daisy chain or can communication process. Correct. And so I, I think it's just a call out that if there's no lights on anything, um, it is not a bad solenoid if you can't get the SRM inside the PDM lit. Correct. That is a key switch power problem. Yep. So we need to re-verify connections, and if everything does appear to be hooked up right, that's when, for me, the first thing I like to have a guy do is 
take your ground on the big two-pin round connection at the PDM, ground there, and test pin four on the can oh, extension coming into I, the PDM. That's that should give you 12. Power. That should be key, key switch, and you got the ground to go with it. You should have 12 volts there. If you yep. don't, keep working your way back till you find it. Yep. Yep. Just it's. I think it's just to say that it's not a bad solenoid if you don't have a light on the SRM and the PDM. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, Perfect. what you're really saying is you want everyone to take the PDM off and look inside of it. You so yes, <laughs> <laughs> but but you can see the light you flash can. under you the can. under the fuse bank. I have found that you out. Can. You so can. yeah, you, you can, can do it. You can peek in there. There's a little so, gap. A little gap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Hans, best practices for setting up. Something in a Gen 3 that it's not active on all rows. Like, I'm thinking of smart firmer. If I want to yep. test or I have half a speed tube with a planner with speed tube on half, half the, the rows. rows. Yep. Um, so when you set that system up, there's an active rows box in there. You're assigning hardware, and you also have an active rows box. Um, on that system, on Gen 3, 23.0, everything should be have an active rows set to all, even if you're only putting three rows of a particular hardware piece on the on the planner. So if I'm putting three smart firmers on, active rows should be set to all for smart firmer. If I'm putting three Furrow 4 sensors on, active rows should be set to all. The hardware piece is the piece that, that we're actually concerned about making sure. There is one caveat to that. That is Delta Force. If you're putting Delta Force on a split row planner where Delta Force is only on the corn rows, um, that is the case where you can assign the hardware and then go in and say active rows for Delta Force is set to odds, evens, left, Custom. right, whatever yes. it is. Yep. Yep. Um, that is the only ex- exception to what you're doing there. Um, everything else, active rows should be set to all um, in there when you assign the hardware. The hardware pieces that you assign is what makes the difference. Okay. All rows active and then just tell us what rows it's yep. actually plugged into. Yep. Okay. Hans, the last one I've got here is just kind of knowing or a call out of when to use orifices. Um, anytime that you are splitting flow after an HD, you'll want to use an orifice. Correct. Yep. And it's not the thing. I mean, when we think of orifices in the past, before we had HD, an orifice plate was regulating the flow. Like that was what we set our flow with. That was what we had. We had a pressure and we had a, that was our regulation to hit the pressure and flow. We need it with HDs. We're controlling the rate with the HD, so we're going to hit the rate we need. What you need, though, is after you split that, you've got to have a way to balance the flow so that it doesn't go down all down one liquid tube. You got to make sure that it balances out. So it's going to be uh, if you're running conceal, you've got to take your gallon per minute per row, split it by two because you're running two different paths, and then get an orifice that's going to match that rate. Um, and then generally I would say you can increase that size, go a little bigger than that because you don't need it to hit that exact rate. You need to just yep. create enough back pressure that you can hit it. Uh, I think T-Jet actually has a really good orifice chart yes. on their website. Yep. So, yeah, if you, like you said, if your gallon per minute you need to hit is 0.5, if you're splitting that two ways, you're looking for an orifice that's two half point, that, yep. right? You're yep. splitting it. Yep. Yeah, and again, to your point, I don't remember exactly what we call out, maybe shame on me, but... I, would I think it's upsize. ten to fifteen. Ten to fifteen yep. percent is what I would say. You can yep. upsize it. Agreed. You get a much wider range to hit your rate when you're not controlling to, to use an orifice when you're not actually using to control the rate. Yep. Okay. Hans, very good. I think we've hit our fifteen minute mark and bled over just a little bit. So I think this is a good point for us to wrap. Thanks for your time. No problem. All right. Thank you everyone so much for listening. And as always, have a safe and happy spring.